Good evening, guys, and welcome to another episode of Money Matters. Um, I want to talk about a topic that I found kind of uh, startling, to say the least. And this article comes from cbsnews.com. Dated June 26, 2018. Written by Mark Strassman. And the title of the article is Families Earning $117,000. This is annual income. Now qualify as low income housing. I mean, as low income in California's Bay Area. So, in other words, if you're earning up to $117,000, you're considered low income. So if $117,000 is low income, what does that mean to the person earning $25,000, What does that mean to them? What are they? I mean, they may as well just be homeless. Because it's almost like they're earning, you know, homeless money. You know, chump change on the uh, street. So I want to read just uh, the first two paragraphs of the article. It says, San Francisco. A report out this week from the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, finds the median price for a single-family home in the Bay Area is now $935,000. A family earning $117,000 now qualifies as low income in that region. CBS News went to California's red-hot housing market, went to see California's red-hot housing market with realtor Larry Gallegos. He showed us a house you would think he couldn't give away. But Gallegos says the home, complete with leaks in the roof, sold for $1.23 million. The buyer beat out six competing offers, all above asking price. And if you visit the article and you see the the uh, the home in question, it's your typical abandoned house, beat up, beat down, useless, worthless. Like I don't know if maybe they they paid so much because they wanted the lot, or if they plan on building, fixing the home and selling it. But $1.23 million is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And my thing is that how many people are able to afford that? How many people can 
or are generating that type of income on a regular basis. $117,000 is not like, you're not making that shit working at McDonald's. You're not making that freaking working as a school teacher or working for UPS or for sanitation. The average working class American is not making anywhere near $117,000 a year. So how is it that that's now considered low income? Or the even better question would be, how is that um, how are people going to get there? How are people going to get to that level of income, you know, working a nine to five job? And let's be honest, shit, right now, nine to five is like working, um, what do you call it? It damn it's like working part time. The amount of money you make on a, on a nine to five job, especially when you're working minimum wage. And even with that, you can. In New York, minimum wage went up to thirteen dollars an hour. By the end of the year, it's going to go up to fifteen. And even that is not a livable income without uh, government assistance or supplemental income. This is why I made this podcast. This is why I started this show because... To be totally honest, this has become a a situation where if you don't have a part-time business or a supplemental income, which can't be a job, it can't be a job because jobs are not cutting it when it comes to the amount of money you make, a job doesn't cut it. So you have people working two and three jobs, but still can't afford $117,000. Funny thing is that the Trump administration I don't remember what department it was or who the person was. There was an article I saw that said that there's so much, quote unquote, jobs available due to the economy that people are quitting their jobs at a much higher level than last year or the year before. 
So the concept or logic behind it is that people are not able to quit their jobs because they have options of what they want to do, what they want to achieve. So I now can choose to quit my job because now I can go for a job as a real estate agent or a a doctor or a teacher or a carpenter or a contractor or whatever it be. You now have options. All I can say is that I haven't seen that with my eyes. And articles like this one saying that in San Francisco, $117,000 is now considered minimum, I mean, low income. That is, is contrary to what I'm seeing or what I'm reading. Another article that I had shared today on my social media um, let me see if I can read the title. It says, Americans are working hard and getting nowhere. It's an article by Market Watch. And it's talking about how, again, the average American working a job, working two jobs or three jobs, is not even being left with enough money to build wealth. Which means that money is leaving the household as fast as it's coming in. Money is leaving the house, the household, as fast as it's coming in. So they can't even build wealth. It's not like our grandparents or great-grandparents that could work 40 hours a week and be able to live and, and enjoy the luxuries of life. Can't even do that. I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. Now, on another sense, I um, when Trump was the nominated Republican president, right? I told people if Trump gets elected then you need to Everybody. focus on taking advantage of what he is going to do. Because when Trump gets in office, he's going to do things to benefit the businessmen and corporations. And now what has happened? What has happened is that he 
was elected president. And I believe the same in June, not June, in January or February, around the time of inauguration, either just before or just after, I told people through my social media, I said, look, Donald Trump is going to do things for the business class, the business sector, corporations. Those are the people that are going to benefit from anything that he is doing now. When he created the tax plan that took effect this year, I stressed that for a third time. I said, if you pay attention to this tax plan, and let's talk about this one aspect of the tax plan. The working class American got tax breaks, got tax cuts. Corporate America got tax cuts, right? Now, the average American is getting a tax cut. Corporate America is getting a tax cut. Now, my question is, where is the com- the money coming from that is running the government? Let's take that and just ignore that part, right? Let's just deal with the fact that corporate America and average Americans all got a tax break, all got tax cuts. Now, corporate America, business owners, the tax cuts that he gave them are permanent. Okay? The tax cuts that he gave the average American is only for eight years. So in other words, we're in 2018. So 2018 is year one. Year eight is 2025. So New Year's Day 2026, all the tax breaks to the average Americans disappear. This means now that you are either, we're either going to revert back to the tax brackets that existed up until 2017. Or, depending on whoever is president at the time, a new tax bracket will be created, whatever it be, but that is going to predominantly affect working class Americans. Right? So, the question becomes... 
how do you prepare for that? How do you take advantage or benefit from this situation? Everybody's thinking, oh, I'm getting a little extra money now when I file my taxes. I'm going to get a little extra money at work. And the fact of the matter is that they're not going to do anything beneficial or productive with that money. They're going to spend it on TV and sneakers and all this other crap and not do anything productive with it. What I'm suggesting and will continue to suggest is that in these next eight years or within the next four years of his term, though, again, the tax cuts are until 2025, so eight years technically, people prepare their finances, people prepare financially, excuse me, for when that shift comes. And what's the best way to prepare? The best way to prepare is to start a business. And it doesn't have to be a giant brick and mortar business. It doesn't have to be a $2 million McDonald's franchise or Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that. It just has to be some type of business. Why? Because owning a business now will allow you to qualify for those tax cuts, those tax breaks. And if you own a much larger corporation like a McDonald's, like a Macy's, like a CVS, like a Dwayne Reed, then you have a lot more tax uh, breaks or tax deductions than the small business owner. But as a small business owner, you can qualify for up to 475 different tax breaks. So use the time now as productively as possible to start a business, scale your business up, build it up enough. I mean, don't ever stop building it, but building up, build it up enough that when these tax laws change and you're still a working class American, someone still working a job, it won't affect you as much. My recommendation, start or use a uh, home-based business. A home-based business now puts you on the right side of the tax laws. You know, I have a home-based business. That's why I'm recording from my home. I have a home office that allows me to qualify for these 475 different tax breaks. But I'm just telling you right now in closing, if you're relying on just a job, you're not going to get far.
that being said, I will see you guys on the next episode. And take into consideration what I'm saying. I'm going to put a link to my website below. And you guys can uh, look into an opportunity, a membership that I offer that teaches you financial literacy, teaches you how to bring money back into the house. One, through your paycheck. If you've heard my other episodes, you know what I'm talking about. Through your paycheck, through a business, by eliminating your debt and investing money. Because this is the only way, this is the only way to create the supplemental income or build your income up enough to a level where these tax breaks or this next shift in tax laws won't hit you as hard. When the working class American, now they start paying more taxes it won't affect you as much because, again, corporate America, business owners, their tax breaks are permanent. So you will forever be able to take advantage of those or benefit from those tax laws because you own a business, even if it's a home-based business. This is what you need to do. We need to put ourselves on the right side of tax laws on the right side of uh, finance so that you're not affected negatively when this laws change. So consider that. Take heed. I mean, I'm finding article after article now showing how the working class American is not going to be able to, is currently not able to survive or build wealth. And here's another point, really quick before I sign off. I was talking about people using this extra money now to spend on frivolous things like iPhones that cost $1,000. The biggest TVs possible, the most up-to-date TV then, and uh, gaming consoles and, and whatever forms of technology will come out between now and then. You know, iPhone, I think, comes out with the phone every freaking year. But once you spend your money on all of that and you have built or increased the amount of debt that you have. When these tax laws change and you no longer have as much money as you're getting, say now, from your nine to five job, and when the government doesn't have enough money to run because everybody's getting a tax break, that means you can kiss your retirement goodbye. That means don't expect to be retiring at age 65. And we know Congress wants to raise it up to 70 already. But shit, they won't even need to raise it to 70 because we're going to be in so much debt that we're going to have to work until we freaking die. 
that's becoming the reality. That's becoming the new standard that you're going to have to work until you die. And like I said in the podcast, I think the last one or the one before, retirement is not about age. Retirement is about money. If you can build the necessary income avenues that will continuously generate income for you, then you can retire now and not have to worry about working until you're 90 years old or until you freaking die. Shit, I got investments now that I'm starting to build up my investment portfolio, and I just got my uh, my first dividends. And it showed me the power of the fact that whether a stock goes up or down, I'm still getting money. I'm still getting money. So we need to learn about investing, investing in stocks, investing in real estate, investing in mutual funds. We need to learn investing and we need to teach this to our children like I did, I believe, was my last episode about children. And I'm teaching this to mine. So let's get up on our on our game. Let's get up on our learning how to benefit from situations as they are now. I catch you on the other side. Have a good night. Peace.